Hello, everyone. We're going to get to our show in just a minute. We have a great show for you this week. We're going to review two James Bond classics, Diamonds Are Forever and A View to a Kill. But before that, we wanted to talk about today's sponsor, Discord Apparel. D-I-Z-C-O-R-E Apparel. Discord Apparel. What is Discord Apparel, you ask me? I'm so glad you asked. Discord mashes up some of your favorite rock and roll and hip-hop albums with some of your favorite Disney characters. They sell limited runs on all their shirts, so you need to act fast because when they're gone, they are gone. All the shirts are printed on comfortable, soft T-shirts. Uh, the first ones up in uh, for the taking are a Winnie the Pooh, Notorious B.I.G. mashup, and a Mickey Mouse Gorilla Biscuits mashup. So if you're a fan of hip-hop or punk rock these and Disney, these are right up your alley. Uh, coming up at the end of the month, they're going to do an Iron Maiden and uh, Donald Duck mashup. And uh, they are also working on an NWA Mickey Mouse crew mashup. I cannot wait to see how that one turns out. There's a lot of people who love Disney, who love hip hop, who love punk rock, rock. So this sounds like it might be right up your alley. And if it does, give them a try. Head over to www.discore.com. D-I-Z-C-O-R-E dot com. And if you use the product code Soup Complex, that's our Twitter handle, S-O-U-P Complex, Soup Complex, you will get 20% off your entire order. That's right. One-fifth of your entire order lopped off because of your friends at Soup Complex. So hit up Discord, www.discord.com and check them out. And now, on with the show. From the Los Angeles Underground, it's time for your new favorite podcast, The Superiority Complex. It's like honey in your ear holes. Welcome back to the Superiority Complex, everyone. Your new favorite podcast. We're back, everyone. Patrick's here. Justine's here. John's here. Jake's here. What is the Superiority Complex, you ask? Aside from your new favorite podcast, why? It's a podcast where we talk about movies, music, Sports, eh, maybe, sometimes. sometimes. Sometimes we get into the political realm. Sometimes we get into some books, some video games, some nerd stuff, board games. We have a separate podcast that we do infrequently for that. Um, that's called the uh, I mean, that's called the boarding party, and you can check that out wherever. Fine. It's really podcast. hard to do a board game podcast when, you know, we're in a pandemic and we can't play board games. It's together. on hiatus. My wife and I are going to do a couple episodes. We have some games stacked up that we want to share with you guys so uh but it's not as fun to do without the whole crew speaking of which we're gonna have a game night coming up soon um maybe we'll have jake maybe we should have jake live stream that on his twitch live stream yeah i can do that board game night there you go depends like, how you want to do it you like how what I, kind of game we're gonna be playing you like that i just roped him into that that's what we Somehow. do. It's the kind of stuff we do here right on the old superiority complex. How's everybody I doing this week? Naked anymore. Yeah, it's okay. How are we doing, everybody? Um, Wonderful. Constantly watching the news. That's all what? I do now. Why? What's going on? Oh, Some- you know. <laughs> things are happening out in the worldwide world. Sometimes- just when you think the shit, like, stopped hitting the fan... Someone just pulls out just another another bag and just keeps going. I'm just going to finish it there and just say someone pulls out. 
God, I wish they would. Uh, no. <laughs> there's there's the light. There's a light at the end of this tunnel. Yes. Hopefully. Yeah, let's hope. It's a train. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The train coming right for us. It's like the end yeah. of Mister, not unlike the end of Mister Toad's Wild Ride. Yeah, mm. it's a car crash. <laughs> That's still a great. And everyone's surrounded. What's still, I haven't what's, seen that in a very long time. What's wrong, John? What did you say? Everyone's surrounded, or what? Surrounded by little devils. Yeah. Oh, that is true. That's the only ride Disney ride where you end up in hell, 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 hell. Right. Yeah, yeah you're literally. Yeah, you literally. You literally go to hell. That's it. In Disneyland, and Dumbo's the only ride that you end up on drugs. No, you don't. End, you don't end up. On no, drugs. not Dumbo. Uh, Winnie the Pooh. Was, yeah, that was wonderful. I do need Winnie. I need, do need drugs for Winnie the Pooh because those cars on the Winnie the Pooh ride are not uh, uh, really built for tall people. And by tall people, I, I mean built for adults. I, yeah, I don't think it's anyone over five foot five because I bang my knees getting in and out of that thing every time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And all I do is miss Country Bear Jamboree. Man. <laughs> yeah. Every time I pass that, I go, we, they should put Country Bear Jamboree back. <laughs> yeah. I want to talk to the moose head and the bison and the, the, the bison guy from the Capitol. There was blood on the saddle. <laughs> John, who is he, who is he imitating there? Uh, that is actually Tex Ritter. That is Tex Ritter. Oh, really? John Ritter's uh, dad. According to my dad, that actually is Tex Ritter. <laughs> and, and it's John Ritter, who was uh, uh, John Ritter. His we son. All know from, it's his son. We all know John Ritter from the Great Threes Company, one of John's all-time favorite uh, sitcoms. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There you go. They just did a podcast, him and his brother. Who's that? They were on Sibling Revelry. Who? Kate Hudson. John Ritter's son. Oh, I thought you meant John Ritter. I was like, well, that's interesting. Because that's a neat trick. Yeah, they were thinking about their dad and his dad. Oh, okay. Nice, nice. Uh, they said that they feel when people go up to them and bring up their dad, they feel bad for them because they're so sad. So they feel bad for them when they came up to them and approached them about their, their dad. Oh, that's ah. that's interesting. Uh, mm-hmm. Justine, are you good? Hmm? Yeah. You, for those of you not watching at home, uh, Justine has a new hair color. Tell tell the folks at home about your new hair color. It's fabulous. It's purple on the top, and it's pink on the bottom. It looks great. I just um I just took a shower, so it's still drying. Yeah, it looks great. Probably by the end of this, it'll change into a different color. You're not unlike one of Scott Pilgrim's ex girlfriends, maybe. Uh, is that what I'm thinking of? No. What do I have in my What do I have in my head? What, who has hair like that? No, you're right. That was good. Yeah, mm-hmm. thank you. Yeah. <laughs> what's her name? What's What's the name of that girl? Uh, uh, Veronica Mars. No. Fuck. This is gonna hurt my brain. Mar- Veronica Mars is uh, Miss Kristen Bell, the lovely Kristen Bell, recently mm-hmm. of uh, the Good Place. Uh, Ramona Flowers. Uh, thank hey, you. Uh, was in the thing remake. Guys, let's talk about it. How's your week been? Everybody's been doing okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Lots of painting for me. Yeah, you're painting miniatures now. I have yes. a I have a whole. Yes, I'm one of those. I'm one of those nerds now. You're a Warhammer. You're a Warhammer 4K kind. guy now. Well, uh, I have a bunch work, of uh, working on it. 
working I've, on it. I have a bunch of miniatures from uh, from Star Wars, and I expect these to be painted. I, I know you're going to do this for free, but I expect them to be in the correct color men. scheme of the movies. No. I want mm. you looking at v- different books and sources. Creative license. No, I want mean. you, Patrick, double-checking your work to make sure they are all... To I'm gonna have a rainbow. I'm gonna have a rainbow squad of stormtroopers. <laughs> I can't double check. He, he, it's a pandemic. No, he can show you every time he's done. He puts it up to the camera, no. and you look at it, Patrick. No, he's a, he's a shitty photographer. I can't. I can't. No, sorry. Mm-hmm. He's a shitty photographer. Mm-hmm. I can't. I'm sorry, Patrick. Listen, this needs gonna to happen. Be, it's gonna happen. This needs to be done. I don't even think. I don't think Jake's seen Star Wars. That's the, what no, I'm thinking about I'm now. I'm gonna do. We're gonna do like a gay pride. Uh, Darth Vader. That's fine. Gonna be Rainbow. That's fine. Uh, as long as you, as long as Patrick has right, as long as you do it correctly. You know what I mean? Just do it, it correctly. Mm-hmm. Like you make the cape rainbow. Thing. I'm fine with that. But I have uh-huh. those little colors on his panel. All better be movie correct. Do you know what I'm uh-huh. saying? I'm going to put marijuana leaves on the back of his cape. <laughs> you don't think you don't think Vader hotbox in that mask? Think about it, dude. That's the perfect That's environment. That's why he's breathing. That's why he's breathing like that. Take the it all in. He's vaping. That's yeah. what he's doing. You, he had to have glaucoma after going into the, after going into that lava pit, right? You got to have some. <laughs> got to have some glaucoma. Something. There's some kind of medical condition. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. For sure. Of course. He's hotboxing the whole time. Mm-hmm. And it puts a whole new spin on that. First That's right. Trilogy. That's it. Yeah. What a great show we've, we've managed to back ourselves into so far. What a fantastic show. Well, I'm glad to have you guys here, as always. It's been a, it's been a crazy couple of weeks, but hopefully there's, mm-hmm. like John said, there's light at the end of the tunnel, and it's probably a train, but let's keep thinking optimistically. I'm happy thinking it's a it's yeah. the end of the tunnel. I can I can fool myself into being you know calm for a few days. I think it'll be interesting to see where we go from here, guys. And hopefully, uh, you know, we'll we'll have some. Um, I don't even know how you try to. Uh, I don't even know how to start the healing process from something like this. I think these are well. That's all Republicans want to talk about. It's the healing process. We got to stop. <laughs> we got to heal. We got to focus on the healing process. Where's the last four years? It's like I don't give a fucking shit. It's like, all about me, me, me. And now it's as soon as things have shifted, they're like, no, no, guys, we got to come together as a country. We got to stop this. This isn't okay anymore. It's no longer in my benefit, so I have to stop. Well, I love that. Like my no fr- divisiveness, please. I was Unity. watching. I was fucking watching the House debates, and almost every single Republican that got up and spoke was like, we have to start the healing process now. It doesn't now. make sense to impeach him. We have to start the healing process. Yeah. And I'm like, fuck you guys. Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he didn't say that four years ago. Yeah. The, corporate, was fucking- the, the corporations got their tax cuts. We got our agenda rammed through. Now let's heal. Now, now it's time, Now's the time to start the healing. Uh, like my friend Hiddish said to me today, unity equals uh, unity is the new thoughts and prayers. So, right. you know, it means nothing. It means means nothing. Yeah, totally, <clears throat> totally uh, meaningless. But um, we'll see what happens, guys. Uh, yeah, we want unity. We definitely have unity on this show. Um, unless it comes to James Bond, um, then we we have some serious. Then it is through our despair that we that we bond, you know. <laughs> Whoa. No Come pun together. intended. No pun yeah. intended. Just yep. a, a general malaise sort of thing. 
We're just mm-hmm. again, it's, it's our despair that bonds us. Keep going, Patrick. Digital movies gonna watch them every show. Digital movies are fantastic. Love it. New theme song, guys. I think we've just no. become a James Bond only podcast. Honestly, it goes like at this. this point. This is how it starts. Digital, digital, digital movies. I think we need to record this off the air so we can just play it, add it in. Digital movies are groovy. We're gonna. Oh wow, that was good. Thank you. We're gonna watch them. If you don't like it, you can suck it. What? Yeah. <laughs> you guys don't like this? I love it. Charming to the left. Mm-hmm. That's our digital I movie. I think it's our new theme song. That's our digital and movie. I'm not going to suck it. What? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa. All right. It seems like you can put that on, you can put that on a loop. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to suck it. We're going to tell. I'm not going to. I don't like it, and I'm not, not going to suck it. <laughs> We're going to put that. That's our first T-shirt, guys, from... from uh, Superiority complex. I don't like it, and I'm not going to suck it. What do you guys think of that? <laughs> <laughs> and then a picture of Justine's frowny face. Like you just offered her tacos with no ranch. That's the face she's going to be making. Disgusting. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. Which one's first? We're going to go in order. I'm going to make the call today. We're going to go in order. We're going to do Diamonds Are Forever first, my least favorite Bond movie. I'm saying it right now. I hate this movie. Let's talk about it. Patrick, take it away. Diamonds are forever. All righty. This 1971 film released on December 17th, running two hours and five minutes. Got a 6.6 on IMDb. A 64% on Rotten Tomatoes. Directed by one guy, Hamilton, with a whopping budget of $7.2 million. Grossed $43.8 million. Dang, this was a huge hit. This was a poppin' hit. Poppin'. Well, Connery, Connery was back, you know? So, there you go. That was worth it for some people. Some people. Well, here's what some I... Some people. Now, this, let's, let's preface this, okay? Connery had his run. He he, he disagreed with the, the way the character was going. He didn't like the, that the movies were getting more and more bloated and, and complex, and he was just tired of doing the role, and he wanted to do something like Zardoz instead. So he takes off, goes and puts his cod piece on. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. George Lazenby takes over for what is arguably one of the best James Bond movies ever. Probably my yeah. probably my second favorite. Mm-hmm. And I think Connery yeah. I think Connery's mm-hmm. Bond would have benefited from an appearance in that movie. Connery could not be talked into it. Instead, Lazenby does it. One of the most dramatic turns in the whole series, Bond's wife is killed. He gets married, falls in love, his wife is killed by Blofeld. So here comes Sean Connery. They they pay him a, a huge amount of money, an obscene amount of money, to return to the role. He does it, and it's just so. Ugh, ugh. It's like this is what you came back for. This is what you sat out for. This is what you expand. make expand. This well, expand on it. Expand on that. Why do you hate it so much? It's boring. Hmm. 
uh, it's it's pedestrian. It's a pedestrian story. It's it's beneath a James Bond. Well, maybe the, in the original written form, but James Bond James Bond rocking walking around in a tuxedo in Vegas is not the same as him walking around in Monte Carlo or somewhere else, right? I'm going to tell I you. Agree with you. I'm going to tell you something. I agree. I'm going to tell you something. I was watching comparing this to View to a Kill, which was Roger Moore's. Now this is Connery's last official. Turn is Bond. We did cover Never Say Never Again, which is a bootleg movie. We talked about that. But this is his last official Bond. What a horrible way to go out. At least with View to a Kill, which I know you're not a big fan of, John, I felt like that had more, even though it ended up in America. And anytime Bond's in America, it's kind of boring because it's like, hey, Golden Gate Bridge, who cares? Um, Yeah. You know, compared to some of the other places he could go, right? Right. Uh, But. Between the two, at least View to a Kill has that. It feels like a big Bond movie. They went to Paris. They go to this, you know, uh, what's his name? Zorn's, you know, stables look very European, very cosmopolitan. Uh, this just looks like a like a like a weird plot for a TV show that never got made. You know, it just has that feeling of a. It doesn't feel like epic enough, and it's maybe because it feels like what. It feels like Walking Tall or something. <laughs> yeah. You know what, John? It feels like a lot of '70s TV shows we watch. It feels like you're watching an extended right. episode of of uh, Mannix or you know mm-hmm. Rockford Files or something like. Hey, he's out in Palm Springs. You know, look at yeah. look, you know you're, all that's missing is is Jim Jim Rockford's uh, uh, Firebird. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I agree. Right down to the car, right down to that red Mustang. It kind of feels like you're watching, yeah, Mannix or Starsky and Hutch or something. And it wasn't even the good era of Mustangs. It was like those were the last of that era of the, like the Mach Two, right? So you're not even like, that was a Mach One. I think yeah, that was a Mach One. That's right. I'm but, sorry. Know, the Mustang it, Two. It doesn't feel. Uh, it doesn't feel like a James Bond car. No. no. <laughs> it doesn't feel like an Aston Martin. You know. Exactly. Exactly. But that, enough about what I said. But what if you guys? You guys might have loved it. You guys might have loved it. Also, Connery just, I don't understand how he looks better in Never Say Never Again, which is like 12 years later or 10 years later <laughs> than he does here. Than he does here in, uh, you know, he just yeah. looks, he does I not. He looks really slouchy in this. He slouchy. <laughs> Pretty slouchy. Mm. He doesn't stand up straight. It's kind of annoying to look at. It might be because he, by this time age was pulling him down. No, I don't think that's true. Yeah, you're right, Justin. Mm-hmm. He does kind of have like not a slouch, but he doesn't. When I watched it, yeah, when I was watching it, I was like, he needs to stand up straight, and um, he just looked a little. Unless it's his clothes, I don't know. It just didn't look right. Also, the '70s clothes don't do him any justice. Like you know, he's... you know, that's it's a bad era. It's a bad era for suits. You know, <laughs> you know, and God, he's wearing like a pink tie through half the movie. It's really, you know. It takes a while for him to just get on. They finally he gets on a a black, you know, a black tux with the red, with the red flower in the lapel. But boy, it takes half the movie to get to that. Yeah, right, right, exactly. Whoa, what was that? I don't know, Shamba. Somebody just leveled up. Mm, nope. What's up? So I said somebody just leveled up. So Justine, you're the biggest James Bond hater. Uh, how did you feel about mm-hmm. this one? Walk us through Diamonds Are Forever. What, what are your thoughts on this? What was it like seeing Connery back? I know you're not. Um, a, I know you're not a big Connery fan. Didn't like it. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. He's. Uh, I I don't know. I guess I actually liked Roger more more than him between the two movies. There you go. 
Uh oh, what's good? I don't like Roger Moore, so. Uh, so you, yeah, we did. A, you did have a, a very interesting comparison this week. Uh, what did you think of the Bond girl, Jill St. John? Obviously lovely, um, and uh, I felt she was more of a capable until the end. They kind of to make her. They they decided to make her a little ditzy, but up until then, she seemed very capable in what she was doing. What did you think of her? I like her better than the other girl. It's weird because you're you're gonna have to compare them because of being so close to each other, like watching those things back to back. Oh yeah, yeah. Tanya Roberts. Um, I like her better than the other the girl from. Uh, uh, yeah, I didn't like that girl. View to a kill. Yeah, this girl was better. Um, yeah, I like. <laughs> I shouldn't like the part, but he takes that girl's um, bikini top off and strangles her with it. <laughs> Press. What you, you, you? That's like the first shot. That's like the first shot where you first see him. It's like, really, this is your welcome back. <laughs> well, it seems like in the beginning. That's another thing that's my weird. My sister came by and she was like, "My sister came by. And she was like, there was definitely nipple right there." <laughs> oh, you you see a lot in diamonds are forever. I was going to say, Justine, you, you distracted me with the nipple talk. Now I'm now I'm completely flummoxed, and I don't know what I was going to say. Welcome back to nipple talk. Yeah, I don't know. I, I was going to say something about. Um, I can't remember what I was going to say now. But and then now you got nipples on the brain. Nipples on the brain, eh? <laughs> Hope you're brought enough for everybody. <laughs> uh, I forgot what I was going to ask you, Justine. I was going to ask you a question about about. This. Oh, what, what's weird is that. This is um, this, I hated it. This is his chance to get revenge for his wife, and he doesn't really seem that interested in getting revenge. It's weird. Like the way they handle that whole beginning, uh, you know, he's like, Where's Blofeld? Where's Blofeld? He's looking for Blofeld, and then he finally finds who he thinks is Blofeld, and you find oh, out yeah. later it's not him. I don't know, that just left me very flat. Did that did any of you guys feel that way? Did it feel like you're almost saying like he wasn't enough. Yeah, I don't know why they know, didn't. Bruce Wayne saying, Martha, why'd you say that name? Why'd yeah. you say her name? I don't know. You just, it seemed like he'd be more why upset didn't about bring it. Back, um, I don't know why they didn't bring back Donald Pleasance because that would have, it's not very obvious that that is Blofeld at first. You're just like, who the hell is this guy? <laughs> yeah. They do the whole plastic surgery thing, but it's like, I, I wonder why they couldn't get Donald Pleasance back because he was the, I think he's the best Blofeld. Yeah, he's got that weird menace. He's got a weird, uh, that far away look that Donald Pleasance does. That coldly scientific. Charles Gray is a, is a good actor, but he he plays he plays it more like Doctor Evil. He plays he's so campy, he's so campy in it. Yeah. Uh, Char- choices. Yeah, Charles Gray is great. You know, he actually went on to play Mycroft Holmes on the. With Jeremy Brett in that series uh, in the from the eighties, right? yeah, and he's fantastic. Oh, wow. He's fantastic as Mycroft Holmes, uh, but here he's just so campy. And uh, I guess the person you know he's done, he's done. What's that? I, I was going to say his personality seems to have changed with the plastic surgery. You know, he doesn't seem like the right, same. Right. Yeah, the same Blofeld that was Donald Pleasance. You know, he's playing it like Paul Lind. <laughs> it's oh. kind of like, kind of. Kind of snippy and obsequious and kind of weird. Yeah, you're right. You're right. There's a lot of that in this movie, but we'll get into that more. Uh, Justine, what did you hate most about this one? I mean, what? I mean, there was plenty to hate, but what did you hate the most? <sighs> um, I agree with you. The whole Vegas thing wasn't very exotic. I didn't really care. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting to look at it now because the whole thing just felt really cheap. And you, felt what? Mm-hmm. It just felt like he was like it was like it felt like him being there didn't fit in with the whole aesthetic of James Bond because you see the crowd and you see other types of there and normally I don't know they have aesthetic happening with their costuming and it doesn't quite feel right watching it I don't know maybe it's just the times maybe no no I think you're right he was very high class and regal in a very dingy and dark place that didn't quite make sense Mm mm-hmm Mm-hmm. And yeah, it just and it's America, it's Vegas, so it's and it's the seventies, so it's yeah. gonna look kind of crappy, you know. It, it's kind of true. He's not in Monte Carlo, so he's he gonna look like a fish out of water. <laughs> yeah, I think Vegas yeah. now. I think Vegas now. I think there's like two eras of Vegas. There's Rat Pack Vegas, which I think probably would have fit the Connery Bond better, like that. Like when he's in Miami Beach mm-hmm. in the beginning of Goldfinger, right? That feels like, hey, I could see Bond hanging out mm-hmm. in Miami Beach. It's the 60s. It's swinging 60s. You know, it's cool. You know, like that felt much more. He didn't feel out of place there. But, yeah, when you get him into yeah. this environment, it's like, yeah, it's like, dude, my my parents went to Vegas. My parents would never go anywhere that James Bond would go. And that's not saying anything against my parents. <laughs> But it's like if I can go there, if I can drive four hours and get and then there. He mentions he mentions the he also mentions these hotels that are like not the best right now. He mentioned the Tropicana. I'm like, oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. That the, I mean, the, circus, circus. all those hotels are gone. I think they they've gotten rid of every one of those hotels. I don't think any of those hotels are still there. I think right? Circus Circus is still there. Circus Circus. But I mean, all those hotels I think have been blown up and bulldozed. To make room for other casinos and hotels. Well, what's amazing is when they're having that car chase on right there on Fremont Street, all that's under, it's all enclosed now. They've enclosed that. The Fremont Street experience right. is all enclosed. Under so, glass. So you know, it is like, interesting. Like a mall. It is interesting to see it. It's kind of a curio to go, oh, look, look what uh, look what Diamonds Are Forever look like, or uh, look what Vegas looked like when I was born. Like, that's what, that was the Vegas my parents went to, you know? And, uh, it was really nothing out. I mean, there was really nothing out there, but other than that, it doesn't feel very much like a bond movie. I mean, you have the beginning in Amsterdam, which is kind of like, okay. Oh, by the way, I found out Tiffany case's house was actually the inside of Kirk Douglas's house. Hmm. Really? Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Wow. How about that? Nobody, cool. nobody cares. Huh? All right. How about that? All right. Jake, what did you think, man? Diamonds are forever. Let's talk about it. My streak is flawless if we just if we just say that the scene where he's drowning the two girls is an underwater scene then every un, then every single James Bond that's bad as an underwater scene. Oh, okay. Well, you know what? I got I got a news I got bad news for you. Goldfinger he starts out coming up out of the scuba in scuba gear. He comes up getting out of the water. That's like how the movie starts. Mm, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> that's not too bad. That's fine. Uh, so did you, where, where, how, how was this for you? What was it like seeing Connery back? And I mean, of course we're watching these out of order, so it's kind of hard to, to put yourself, but remember his wife has just been killed. So here, here yep. he comes. It's just so bad. <laughs> I I knew I was in for, I knew I was in for a ride when the intro sequence, like the, where they have the, 
the barrel of the gun scrolling over. Mm-hmm. It almost looks like Sean Connery falls over in that first part. I, th- I think they used the one from the original because he's still wearing a hat. If I remember correctly, he's got a hat. So it's the, they had to pull out the old, yeah, the old uh, sequence, yeah. yeah, the old gun barrel sequence. It, it looks like he was about to fall over in that. Oh, he kind of does that Maybe little low. He sticks his arm out. He st- kind of sticks his yeah. arm out. Yeah, yeah, I remember that one. No, like, no, no. Whoa, that, that's just him. Fell over. You know, he's tightening up so you don't get a, you don't have as big of a target. That's what he's doing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's what he's doing. And, that is awful. Mm-hmm. And tell it. Was there anything about this one you liked, Jake? Mm. <laughs> the audio went weird. No, he just stopped no. talking. Yeah, it's yeah. Oh, God, it's just so bad. Even the first like five minutes. You didn't. We haven't even. Uh, the, we, oh, we, there's like. I was gonna say we haven't even approached the problematic Mr. Wint and Mr. Kid. We haven't even talked about that yet. No, and it's and it's bad from it's bad. Uh, okay. I just I'll, don't. I just can't. I know how I feel. I'll tell you. What, I just can't. <laughs> Justine says, "Welcome to my world." I'll tell you one yeah. thing that's great about <laughs> about. I'll tell you one thing I did like about this one is the uh, that little flute theme that uh, Mr. Wink and is it Mr. Wint or Mr. Wink? Mr. Wint. It's Mr. Like, okay, Mr. Wint and Mr. Kid. They've got that little do 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 do. Very seventies flute theme. I like that. How about that? I'll give you that. There you go. There you go. I like that. Uh, I like the fight in the elevator. That's a good scene. That's a good sequence. That little fight in the elevator. Uh, you get Q ripping off uh, uh, slot machines. Uh, what else? That's about it. You do get a yes, nice... Of course, you like plenty of cool, right? Then you get Howard Hughes, kind of a Howard Hughes cameo with Willard White. Um, and then you get Bambi and Thumper. Anybody like Bambi and Thumper? <laughs> Bambi and something. I'm not even trying anymore. <laughs> I'm not even trying anymore. Beautiful. Patrick, what did you think? You're the biggest James Bond fan here. Um, you know my criteria for James Bond. It's got to have cool gadgets, right? Yes. Ain't fucking no good gadgets in this one. Not a one. You get the little gun that shoots the... Where he gets out, out of the building. Yeah, with... Yeah, nothing, nothing. They give me nothing this one. He's he doesn't little- get to shine. He's the best part of being James Bond. He gets all the cool gadgets. Um, oh, the yeah, only one he has is that ridiculous voice changing thing, and that looked so oh my terrible. God, so bad. <laughs> that was yeah. So terrible. This movie's kind of just it's it's a it's a disappointment. Um, the setting's really off. Uh, I would have really enjoyed if Mr. Wint and Mr. Kid were in. Uh, a view to a kill. I think they would have fit that universe perfectly. Um, for side like villains, they're a little bit too jokey for mm-hmm. Connery, but they fit Roger Moore really well. Like you can see them in a Roger Moore James Bond film. So I don't hate them. I kind of think that they're probably the best part of this movie if you accept that they're ridiculous. And if you uh, don't mind the offensive way that Mr. Wint dies. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's not a good one. It's, it's definitely not my favorite at all. I think the setting just really throws everything off. And I mean, two Bond movies in the U S is just kind of like, well, okay. John, let's talk about I mean, it. 
Oh, sorry, Patrick. It's exotic for some people. I didn't mean yeah. to cut you off. John, let's talk about it. You're you're a big Connery <laughs> fan. You're a big James Bond fan. Where does this one Where does this one place? Uh, oddly enough, because I'm always asking if we're going to watch it, this is not one of my favorites. It's not very good for all the reasons people have listed. It does feel real pedestrian. It feels kind of run-of-the-mill, not very exotic. What I do like is you do get a snapshot of a Vegas that is not there anymore. Uh, none of that. Like you said, the one part that's still there is under glass like a mall, and it's all gone. So you do get – it's kind of like watching the original Ocean's Eleven. It's, you get a little sort of a tour of what Vegas used to look like. I do like the car chase, even though that car is not very Bond-like. I liked that whole chase through the scenes of Vegas, through the streets of Vegas. Um, I like Jill St. John. It's funny. She was in the first Batman episode, uh, the very first Batman. That's right. Um, from 66. So it's funny that she uh, turns up in two iconic, uh, legendary uh, outings. But she's not one. Of, she's gorgeous. But it's weird how she starts off real tough and smart. And by the last 10 minutes, she's just lost her brain. Yeah. <laughs> you just And also you're wondering, well, how is it she gets to just walk in, to, you know, where the tapes are? It's like, don't go near that. That's what sets off the uh, nuclear device. People are just like coming and going like it's, you know, a garage, you know, kind of weird. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, not great. Connery is not great in this. Uh, the one thing I liked was him uh, like at, uh, climbing the top of this, the uh the uh, skyscraper to get into the headquarters. That's about the only thing that I thought was kind of cool. Um, the thing uh, with this movie though, is I got a little bit of a soft spot because this is the first uh, Connery bond I ever saw. Oh, okay. So I saw it like on channel seven, huh. one of those like Friday night movies. It was a big deal. They were showing it. But then as I saw all the other Conneries, I thought, wow, that one was like the worst of the Conneries. You know? <laughs> Easily. Easily. I do have two. I have two pieces of trivia for you that you're going to find interesting, particularly Mario. That uh, Mr. Kid and Mr. Wint, Mr. Kid, the one with the glasses and the uh, the weird hair. Yeah, he was a he was not an actor. He's a jazz musician. He played with Duke Ellington, Art Blakey, and Thelonious Monk. He played the double bass. Oh, crazy! And uh, Guy Hamilton saw him. In a jazz club in L.A., uh, the Shelley Mann uh, Club, and uh, he was playing oh, with Thelonious Monk. He was playing with Thelonious Monk, and he saw. He said, gee, this guy has an interesting look. Maybe he'll work as one of the, the henchmen, you know, because he had never acted before. He just said, I'm just going to go on the vibe I get from this guy. Sure. So I thought you'd find that interesting. The other interesting tidbit is that his partner, Mr. Wint, Bruce Glover is Crispin Glover's dad. <laughs> Oh, he does. You can see where he got the look. You see that face? The weird kind of grin and the weird eyes? That He's Crispin Glover's dad. <laughs> so That's it's crazy. It's weird that those two guys have kind of a background that you wouldn't expect. Wow. But, I, uh, somebody once wrote that this movie had uh, the most uh, two of the most annoying uh, Bond henchman teams. They said, first, Mr. Kidd and Mr. Wint are really annoying. And Bambi and Thumper are really annoying. <laughs> yeah. So they said, you got four characters in this that are really just, uh, you know, annoying. <laughs> it's kind of weird. But I'm they... telling you, in a horror film, they make perfect sense. Uh, John, were you were you sad to see Bruce Cabot as Bert, Bert Saxby? Yes, because this was his last film. Yeah. He uh, he died about two months after they made this movie. And so got... for people that don't know, he was in uh, King Kong. He was the... He's the uh, the love interest. He's the one that runs through the jungle with Fay Ray 
trying to get her out of the clutches of King Kong. And he gets shot and so, rolls down a hill. Yeah, it's a real, it's not great. It's not a great way to go out. You know? <laughs> it was the James Bond equivalent of killing Captain Kirk with a fire escape. Exactly. Uh, gee, he survived King Kong, but he couldn't survive a, you know, a shot from a, uh, a condo on the hill there. That's right. Bert Saxby. Uh, and then again, you get uh, you get Felix Leiter, a different Felix Leiter. Uh, so that's every always time. Diff- every time. It's, it's always, it's always diff- a different Felix. <laughs> They're consistent about him yeah. being different. It's always a different guy, yeah. and the only consistency is that they look like you should be running a Radio Shack out in like Kansas somewhere. It's <laughs> the only difference. But uh, um, I was going to bring up a point, John, that you brought up, and I, I kind of lost it, but that's okay. So we do on the show. We'll work our way back to it. Uh, Mr. Went and Mr. Kid, uh, and then Mr. Kid gets out of really offensive death. They're gay guys. That's the joke. The the joke is that they're gay. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> Great. Uh, yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, what a I don't know, man. This there's so many problems with this movie. Okay, so then James Bond's in a fight for his life, and you decide to throw a pie. What are you? One of the Marx Brothers? Like that's her thing. <laughs> Oh, and there's the bomb, and then we're going to, then, you know. Yeah. And then you just saw your lover get burned to death. Although I do like the way uh, Mr. Kid dies. That is pretty cool. When he, he, yeah. he comes at him with the gloves, and then he gets. Oh, uh, I, heard a, I heard an anecdote. They said that uh, that wasn't a stuntman, evidently. They, they uh, covered him with, like, something that was, uh, <laughs> I forget what it was. They actually lit his arms on fire and then and, and he said that Jill St. John was really cool. She kept saying, you need to get hazard pay. They're not paying you enough for this. You're not a stunt man. You need to get hazard pay. <laughs> he said she was really trying to look out for him. Oh, and that's cool. Like, no, no, no. We'll just put this stuff on your arms. It's like, why didn't they get a stunt man for that? Yeah, I guess because no one would fit that look, I guess. You'd have to put the wig on. I Where mean, are you going to find a stunt man that looks like that guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't have a lot to say about this movie, good or bad. Mostly bad what I do have to say about it. There's very little here for me. Um, like I've said for a long time, this is my least favorite Bond movie. So, Justine, I want you to know that I suffered just as much as you did. Okay? Do you believe me? I think everyone suffered. Well, you know what they yeah. say. Misery loves company. All right, let's rank this one. Let's talk about it. Justine. One. A one? One. A one. All right. Uh, Jake? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, two. Two. What gives it a two? What keeps it from being a one? Uh, I don't know. I feel I feel bad for Sean Connery. It's funny why I get it too. <laughs> he got paid. Don't feel bad for him. Why are you feeling bad? No, I know, but this is a black. This is just a black mark on his on his amazing. You know, record. um, poor guy. He got about he got over a million dollars for this. And he gave it all to a Scottish charity. It was a, um, uh, I think, a, a Scott for a, a school for Scottish orphans. There you go. There you go. So he did the right thing. He did the right thing. He needed. He didn't need the money. He needed to give. I think that's how they enticed charity. him. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Patrick. Uh, it's a two. It's better than Zardoz. No, it's better than Zardoz. Yeah. John. I give it a four. I'd probably give it more. If it was any better, but uh, I'd give it less if it wasn't for Jill St. John, I guess. Gut reaction is one, but watching it this time, I did enjoy a couple of things. 
Uh, it has moments. It, it's it's still the worst. I'm going to give it a two. I'm going to give it a two. Even though I think I gave a Moonraker one. If it had never, you know what? If they had kept the movie in Brussels, it probably would have been a hell of a lot better. You know, everything in Brussels is pretty cool. And then, you know, it's about the first 20 minutes. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> it's like, yeah. uh oh, we're in Vegas. So, you know, it might as well be. What about Jimmy Dean? Weapon. We haven't even talked about Jimmy Dean breakfast sandwiches and breakfast sausages. <laughs> uh, isn't that weird? Yeah. That's what I want in my James Bond movie. And that's Jimmy the Jimmy, Jimmy Dean. Breakfast. John, what was Jimmy Dean famous for? Well, here's something interesting. He, uh, he was a singer. He had, he had a, yeah, before he did the breakfast sausages in the frozen aisle, he had a uh, TV variety show, which was famous for, um, uh, that was the first national TV exposure for Jim Henson's Muppets. Oh, okay. So uh, you got to give it to him for that. Jim Henson, his Muppets were on the, that's the first national exposure for his puppets. And I think uh, Ralph, the dog that plays the piano, Ralph, he was uh, one of the main one of the main characters on that show. They would do duets with him, and he'd always come out and sing. And so um, Henson said he and he owed uh, Jimmy Dean a lot. And he at one point he offered to give Jimmy Dean forty uh, percent of the Muppet, uh, uh, you know, uh, ownership of the Muppets. And and Jimmy Dean said, you know, I didn't do anything. I, I put him on the show. I didn't really do enough to deserve forty percent of him. Maybe he, he came to uh, regret that as they got bigger and bigger. <laughs> that's crazy. All right. Well, that's points for Willard White, so I'll give it a two. I do like the name Willard you White. You gave though. Moonraker a three. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Two. All right. Let's move on, guys. So goodbye to Sean Connery. Goodbye to the Sean Connery era of Bond. And we're about to say goodbye to Justine's, another sad part of Justine's uh, past years, though. We're about to say goodbye to the Roger Moore era of James Bond. Uh, Moore. Let's talk about it. Patrick, View to a Kill. All right. View to a Kill released in 1985 on May 24th. Got a 6.4 on IMDb, 38% on Rotten Tomatoes. 38%. Directed by one John Glenn with a budget of $30 million, grossed $50.3 million worldwide. It was a hit. Wow. It was a hit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about it. View to a kill. Uh, I'm not going to say, I'm going to, let me give you guys a little background. This is the first Bond movie I ever saw in a theater. So I have a soft spot for View to a Kill. The theme song, which I know John is going to take umbrage with, one of my favorite Bond themes, because that, that thing, that sound, they incorporate the Bond, like those, 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 those what? It slaps. Thank you. I thought you said it sucks. Those 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 punchy the the punctuating trumpets and all that. It's perfect. It's perfect. And uh, Duran Duran, of course, the Fab Five, Simon Le Bon, one of the greatest bands ever to come out of Britain. Uh, you like them better than the you like them better than the Beatles, don't you? Sure. You name a band, I like them better than the Beatles. <laughs> name a band. Did you know? Um, did you know that this is the only Bond uh, theme song to go to number one on the charts? How about that? How about that? Paul McCartney and I Wings. Believe, I couldn't believe Not that. Not even yeah. Live and Let Die? That's that went to number two. Some, something, live and Let Die. Live and Let Die went, I think, to number two. Something kept it from hitting the number one spot. Live and Let Die. Sorry. Only For my money, that is, that's the best uh, Bond theme. Uh, uh, this this Bond theme this, gets in my head. this puts me in a specific time in my life, and so it's really 
when I was watching the beginning and then you hear that theme kick in, I'm like, oh my God, here I am back in the movie theater watching this again. Duran Duran was the hottest band in all the land. Duran Duran was the first, uh, and I'm not a huge Duran Duran fan, but the, their video for Rio was the first thing I ever saw on MTV back when MTV used to play videos. Wow. Yeah. So this, this definitely puts me in a specific time in my life. Uh, and Roger Moore, for better or worse, is my Bond. That was the Bond. Those were the only ones they were showing on TV when I was growing up. And uh, this was the first one I ever saw in a theater. So I caught the end of... Uh, and I loved it as a kid. Are you kidding me? He invented snowboarding. This this movie invented snowboarding. People don't realize... Yeah, I want to know. Do you know when snowboarding became a thing? <laughs> after this movie. After this movie. Really? Mm-hmm. No kidding. It popularized it. If, it. if it was a thing before, this definitely popularized it. This this definitely put it in the put it out there. I mean, you can fact check me and see if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure. No, I'm just wondering. I was watching this, going, "Wow, I wonder how big that was as a sport uh, before before that movie." No, uh, by the way, just so John, I w- I've been watching Glow on Netflix with with my wife. That's what we're into right now. Glow based on the gorgeous ladies of wrestling. It's a comedy series based on the old eighties wrestling show. Right. And, uh, Mark Marin plays this, uh, schlock film director named Sam Sylvia. And at the start of one of the episodes, you know, he's been, t- he's been charged with directing these, this wrestling show. And he's talking to his girlfriend and the first words out of his mouth are, look, at least George Lazenby, is the right age, okay? And his girlfriend's his girlfriend says, "Look, you haven't even seen a view to a kill yet." And then his response was perfect. He said, "No, I haven't seen it, but I saw Moonraker and I saw a pigeon do a double take." <laughs> yeah. And in yeah. that, you know what? In all the years I've been trying to kind of verbalize what's wrong with the Roger Moore era of Bond, that line crystallizes it. That line is like a pigeon doing a double take. That is so, right. that is so indicative of this era of James Bond. Um, right. And what you don't see really in the Timothy Daltons, you, you kind of get away from that. Then they kind of go back to it a lot with the Pierce Brosnans, which is one of the reasons I don't like. But uh, let's talk about Vito Kill. But I thought I would put that, bring that up for you, John. A pigeon doing a double take. And if you haven't seen Glow, check it out. I think that encapsulates the problem with the Roger Moore Bonds beautifully. Right? Oh, it's yeah. so, it was such a good line. I just laughed out loud. I was like, oh, my God, all these years I've been trying to describe what's wrong with, the, with that era. Justine's putting on her makeup right now. She's getting ready to really go to town on this review because she's checking her makeup. So I'm going to let her, I'm going to let her simmer in her own juices for just a minute. And let's start with Patrick, Patrick, another vehement Ew. Roger Moore fan. Simmer my own juices. Mm-hmm. So, so picture this. Mm-hmm. We open on a boat <laughs> shaped like an iceberg. Yes. <laughs> Come on, that's fantastic! <laughs> Roger Moore's just enough ridiculous. It's I, 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 I could not help myself. I laughed thoroughly. What I love um, even more about that is that not only is it a an iceberg submarine, it's got it take five it, hours to get to Alaska. It's got the five ab- days to get to Alaska. It's got the appointments of like a seventies van conversion. Like yeah. just this rolling. <laughs> <laughs> it's so ridiculous. That submarine hey, was the uh, 
if the iceberg is rocking, don't bother knocking. <laughs> I mean, that that submarine yeah. was des- Bond must have had a, des- a hand in designing that sub the interior of that submarine. Because that, all I gotta say is, why do you think I sent three dozen red roses? That, that's it. That Ugh. thing was built for one thing: the love sub. Yup. <laughs> Um, this movie's just got enough ridiculous in it for me that it makes it a lot of fun. I actually really enjoyed this one. Um, it's, this might be on the level with Man with the Golden Gun for me. Uh, it's, it's ridiculous. It's fun. The villains are crazy Bond villains. Christopher Walken was an interesting choice. I don't know if he's my favorite Bond villain, but he was definitely interesting. Um, I had a lot of fun with this movie. Um. I don't really have a lot of bad things to say about it, uh, except for um, what's her name, the leading lady, Tanya Roberts. Uh, yeah, she uh, is not a good actress. <laughs> that wasn't her forte, was it, John? Was she a model before? What was her deal? I really don't know. <laughs> I never thought she was a great actress. She's, pre- you know, she's pretty funny on that '70s show, but um, not really a, what you'd call a great actress. Yeah, um, I think maybe just she seemed a little bit too ditzy to be playing like a smart geologist. But uh, they would, un, you know, and then until they said, hold my beer, and they made uh, Denise Richards a physicist. True, yeah. Right. That, that oh. tends to get a little bit much. Um, yeah, I think two thirds of this movie is decent. I think once you get into the silver mines in Silicon Valley is when it gets a little strange. Um, Although I will say that Christopher Walken has one of the best Bond villain moments where he just mows everybody down as they're trying to. Are you talking about when he snatches a bitch from a blimp? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Christopher Walken, you're right, Patrick. Uh, Christopher Walken is is a good actor because he's he's a good actor. And so he can do that kind of psycho menacing thing without having to be very, you know, without going big. He's very subtle. It's very understated. Um, yeah, I just don't think he was a good fit for genetic, genetically engineered KGB assassin, um, which is what they were planning off to be. So yeah, like, but, he, like, uh, like he was going to have superhuman strength or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was hey, a Pat- fun movie though. Patrick, did you know originally what they wanted for the Max Zorn character was David Bowie? That would have been fantastic. Mm, and they couldn't get him, good. so that's when they <laughs> went for explain, the platinum blonde hair. Yeah, <laughs> like, we wanted Bowie. So well, if they had Bowie, as as we can. if they had Bowie, it would have made sense. Then that's why you have Grace Jones because that's like the '80s one-two punch yeah. right there. Um, yeah. This is the most '80s of the Bond movies. Grace Jones, just oh, yeah, like she sure. is the she is the epitome of '80s style fashion. Kind of what was going on, you know. People weren't sure what to make of her. You know, she kind of had that androgynous thing going on, and and uh, but uh, I thought she was very good in this. I thought she was. She oh was, yeah, she she uh, she took control of Roger Moore. That's for sure. <laughs> but I believe her as kind she, of a badass, and I believe that she. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I really yeah, believe. That. I had fun with this one. Um, I, this one, I think, uh, I enjoyed. You know, my my biggest knock against this movie is my big biggest knock against everything in the Roger Moore Roger Moore era, is that I just want stuff to make sense. Like I don't mind. Yeah. I don't mind that you. I don't mind that you drive under, under something. You shave the top off your car, but there's no reason that a car that's broken in half is going to keep driving. There's no, you yeah, know what well, I mean. There's no, that, yeah. that doesn't. Yeah, that doesn't happen. You know. So yeah. I want it just. Well, I, to, mean, I don't mind it being ridiculous, but make it make some sense. 
You know, my, my thing with Roger Moore is I just think he's a touch too old. Like if he was 10 years younger in this, it's a lot more believable. You can tell he's really aged in this and he's struggling to keep up with some of the stuff. And you can really tell when it's a stunt man and when it's not. Yeah. So. And it's also don't ever have Roger Moore throw a punch, a kick maybe, no. or a karate chop. Yes. It's fine. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but like, you know, you know, <laughs> don't ever have him throw a punch. But also, Roger Moore never slaps a woman. That's true. No, he does in uh, he does in I believe Live and Let Die. He hits uh, Doctor uh, uh, Doctor Quincy Jones, medicine woman, or what's her name? Yeah, Doctor Quinn. Oh no! Oh, what did you say? What did you say? <laughs> <laughs> she had it coming. <laughs> oh, oh no! Oh boy. He's pretty keep those letters. People. Keep those letters coming. Wow. Yeah. Keep those wow. cards and letters coming. Yeah. I know. Patrick, would you, um, Justine, would you like to break up with him on the air? Is that what you'd like to do, or how do you want to handle this? Um, maybe after our anniversary, so I get a gift. Oh, there you go. <laughs> well, you got it coming. Got to know. Is that a mirror or is that a is that a, <laughs> a tablet? It's a mirror. It's a mirror. Yeah. You're doing- <laughs> Justine's doing makeup while we're while she's simmering in her own juices. All right, let's get over to let's get over to Jake. Jake, how did you feel about this one, man? My statement stands: every Bond movie that has a sub that has an underwater scene is bad, and this has an underwater scene. Mm-hmm. What makes this one bad? <laughs> It's like they're getting more and more ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And without like without like grounding it in any sort of common sense point. or reality. Mm-hmm. It just I just I just can't I just can't more. It's a pigeon doing a board. double take. I was on board. I was on board for like first half of James Bond. Yeah. Where did where did you start to peter out? No pun intended. When Roger Moore started. <laughs> So you're not a fan of any of the Roger Moores, huh? Not really. Maybe the first, like, like the first one or the first two. What about I Spy like, Who Loved Me? Too bad. I love you too. Feels pretty good. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's just like these. These last few are just like, oh God, what's going on? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I resent that. Now remember, last Roger Moore one, it was literally like it was like ten minutes of like funny quips. It was like he was. It's like he was throwing darts at a dartboard, and he's like, all right, one of these is going to be funny. You know, what's funny is when you look at this in context, like this is 85, right? So Mm -hmm. we've already got like Rambo coming out. You've already got, you know, the rise of like Schwarzenegger and all these other action stars. So you see them starting to like, yeah, you see them kind of starting also trying to start start upping the ante with stunts and things like that, too. That's what you see in a lot of this around this era. So it's good to keep that in mind. Um, I actually like this movie much better on this viewing. What I love, what I hate, I love and hate about uh, Bond movies when they get to America is the Americans are always played as really dumb. And it's always like the American police because you got the racist sheriff in Thanks, um, in Live and Let Die. I mean, yeah, right. You get the racist sheriff in Live honestly, and Let Die like, and Man with a Golden look Gun. At our, I mean, look at our country right now. Like, it kind of fucking makes sense. That's true. Point. They're like I, it's looking in the mirror now. It's not like used to be like, yeah, no, that's not how the U.S. is. And now you're looking United at the United States is not no, a product of our dumbass 
of our dumbass residents. Okay, there are some decent people. I here, love okay. I love how dumb the San Francisco sheriff is. He's got the walrus mustache. Uh, or he's the San Francisco the San Francisco PD chief is. He's got the you're you're expecting him just to go, hey yeah. Uh, okay, we gotta get down to the, the the station so we can watch the bears. Like you're just waiting for that to to come out, that accent. It's coming out of your pay there. You're gonna we're gonna take it out of your pay there, uh, uh oh my car got smashed. You know, that whole thing. It's like, oh God. Mm-hmm. How about the, the one that's all, you're James Bond, yeah, and I'm Dick Tracy, so come on, we're going down to the station. It's like, oh boy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like how everybody knows Bond. That happened in uh, Diamonds Are Forever. She's like, you killed James Bond. It's like, you're the worst spy in the world if everybody knows your name. Everybody Everyone knows. knows. Literally, yeah. everybody knows you're James Bond, <laughs> and somehow you killing someone and planting his name as James Bond. There. Oh, okay, guys, James Bond's dead now. Mm-hmm. I guess they don't know what they look Come like. On. Hey, Come James on. Bond. He literally introduces himself. Hello. Hi. How you doing? El Postigolor. Hi. My name's James Bond. Nice to meet you. 007. Work for MI6. Nice to meet you. Cutting back to what Justine said about, or uh, what what Jake said about, um, no, was it Justine saying he was too old at this time? Or no, I'm I sorry. It was Patrick. Patrick. You know where, said it. We you all, you know where the agree. age works with him is when he's in those scenes in the beginning when he's at the stables and he's mingling with all the rich people, he just looks like an old rich dude. So like it fit there. Yeah. It, it was perfect there. <laughs> he looked like an old. Yeah, like it, where yeah. it doesn't work is like when he's running or shooting or fighting somebody. That's when or, it doesn't work. Or mm-hmm. being a spy. Yes. When he's, he's a the spy. good, he's the good half of like the suave debonair bond. Mm-hmm. He just lacks on the physical side. Did anyone recognize Miss Jenny flex? That was a great name. She introduces Bond when when he gets to the stables. You know, she she's her little his little tour guide for a second. She never comes back. But did anyone recognize her from her quick one minute appearance? No, it's Allison uh, Duty. That's right, John. Say it again. It's fun to say. Allison Duty, who you know, yeah, I recognized her when she was in. You know, it's Ilsa from Last Crusade, Indiana Thank Jones. Thank you. Last that's Crusade. who it was. Yep. That's what I said. Mm-hmm. The one you said. Exactly. Well, I told Justine, not you. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. He did. He told me. So, Jake, you had... Oh, shit. That's Allison Duty. Jake, you have no love for this movie? You didn't even like Grace Jones? Mayday. 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 No. Mm-mm. Mayday. What about Patrick McNee, one of the original Avengers, as... Uh, John Steed. As, yeah. Mm-hmm. No? No. Mm-mm. I thought it was nice that they gave him a little nod. They threw him a bone to be in this. John, what did you think of that? <laughs> Throw him a bone. It's like, oh, you need some work. Hey, you used to rip off James Bond on television. Come be in a movie. That's what they did. That's what they did. John, what do you think of this one? It's like he's it's like he's being less and less useful as a spy and he's just like relying on on the on the hot females to do all the work for him. I mean I I mean Delegation is a big part of management. Why don't they just make James Bond a woman at this point? You know, they will. They'll might get around well. to it. Oh, just as well. Just, Grace Jones is James Bond. Yeah, she would have been good. Too bad she blew up. Yeah. John, what did you think? Yeah. What do you think of View to a Kill, man? Uh, not one of my favorites. I think it held up a little better than I thought it was going to. Uh, Christopher Walken is always great. I, I don't think I've ever seen him in a movie where it felt like he was slumming. He's always great. And he's a good bad guy because he does seem genuinely psychotic, <laughs> you know. And yeah, in a, like you said, like in a subtle way. Uh, 
But uh, I don't know. In general, this is not my favorite era for Bond. It's not my favorite era for music. So, you know, yeah. Number one I Bond like I think I liked it better. I liked it better than Octopussy, I think. So, you know, not the worst, but definitely not the best. He is showing his age. There's no way around it at this point. Yeah. He really is. And he even admitted to it. I think he was on some talk show. He said, yeah, I was only about 400 years too old for that part at the time. <laughs> and, and, yeah, he knew it. I think he wanted to quit, like, even before Octopussy. And they just kept saying, you got to come back. We don't really have anybody else. <laughs> you know, you got to come back. And he, they kept making money. That's the thing. Every time he'd come back, it always made money. So they just said, we'll keep using him until he absolutely refuses. And after this one, he just said, well, this has really got to be it, you know. But, John, this has one of your favorite lines in all of Bond uh, film history. You want to do it for us? <laughs> yeah, I forgot that she kind of feeds him the line. You know, Grace Jones says, that's quite a view. <laughs> He's all, to a kill. <laughs> uh, what does that mean? Uh, because, this has to be the most. <laughs> this has to be the James Bond movie that says the name of the movie the most times. Do they say yeah, it more I than once? It has to be. I think because yeah. um, because it's Christopher Walken, it almost works. But you could almost hear him saying off camera, "How does this work as a line? I don't even know why I would say this." <laughs> That's yeah. And then he just said, I'll, "I'll remove all the punctuation, and it'll make sense." To a kill, to a kill, to a kill. <laughs> I'll put. A, I'll go up like a question mark. To like a, a kill, Lewis. To a kill. To, to a kill. To a kill. He doesn't even have that much of his walking going. Mm-hmm. I know it's a shame. Uh, uh, I carried this uh, uncomfortable cowbell up my ass for the last four years. I I always heard that uh, Christopher Walken used to buy um, his. He said, "I guess there's something wrong with his feet," so he had to have his um, his um, shoes made a, a certain way. Specialty shoes. Specialty shoes, and uh, apparently John Wayne went into this shop one time and saw a pair of boots that were made for uh, for him, and uh, he wanted them. I guess he wanted to buy and the. Guys, like I'm sorry, these boots are made for walking. Uh, uh, uh. You're so proud of yourself, aren't you? You are so proud then, of yourself. As he walked out of the store, he went boom, boom, doom, doom, boom, 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 boom. That was right off the top of my head. I just made that up on the spot, guys. So that just shows you. He the, said, it's "Just showing you a you little boot." Start walking. Well, I hate him, folks. Bye, <laughs> that just shows you what I bring to the table. I just wanted everybody to that know. That was the worst joke you've ever told. Is it? It was. Uh, was that the equivalent of a pigeon doing a double take? Mm, yeah. Okay. Last yeah. but not least, she's been stewing in her own juices for a little while now. Let's talk about Justine. She's she hates Steven. James Bond. She hates Roger Moore the most. Or who do you hate more, Moore or Connery? Uh, Justine, that's a great question. Let's lead with that. I hate both of them. But who do you hate more? They both bring. They bring nothing to the table. Nothing. Nothing at all? <laughs> She's like a lot of linea. Yeah. yeah. Sean Connery brings his fists to the table. Yeah. Sean Connery originated this role. You like the early Bond movies. Let's not forget that. You, you like- well, Sean Connery's movies, because they're old, they look cool because they have all that retro classic look to it okay and the places he goes are pretty cool then you have roger moore who's what is he like the 70s right yeah the 80s? yeah mm-hmm. yeah or, you almost hear that song his, you're like, 
It's beginning to become more present and it's just like (laughs) when they show the little, um, the high tech, um, prototype. Yes. The robot. And it just looks like a remote control toy. It looks so stupid. Oh my God. At the end. The one at the end is so stupid. You know, it's funny. There's a fine line between vintage and dated. You know, it's like, uh, it's the same way with music. You reach a certain point where it's like, wow, that's cool. It's retro. But if it's just like a few years off, you go, eh, that just feels dated. Kind of, <laughs> just cornball. You know, so maybe another, you know, 20 years. Roger Moore always looked old. So he just especially <laughs> looks old now. He kind of started old. I think he was kind of old for the role, even with the first movie. I think he, you know, he, he'd already done like yeah, 10 years of the same. I agree. You know, when you see him in the same, he's I, young and suave looking, and he was already a little old when Live and Let Die was made. Uh, John, I have, so, I have an update for you. Uh, Bowie, did accept yes. the, Bowie did accept the role initially and then backed out, saying he didn't want to spend five months. Oh, why? He didn't want to spend five months watching stunt, his stunt double fall off a cliff. Is what he said, and then uh, ouch. then they asked Sting, who said no, and then they settled on Christopher Walken. And originally, eh, or, originally our friend um, uh, Barbara Bach was going to reprise her role from the Spy Who Loved Me as the Russian spy in this one, but she turned it down as well. She backed out as well. They were actually going to bring her back for, the, for a little cameo in that one. Interesting. Yeah, mm. how about that. It's um, it's weird because Sting played a bad guy in Dune, wasn't he? In Dune, playing the bad guy. That's that was right. Eighties, right? That's right. Eighty four. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, just it's a long time. You make a movie, you know, it is a lot of waiting around doing nothing. So I guess if you're somebody who's doing concerts, you're thinking, do I? Can I do half a year? Can I take half a year off? You know? Yeah, that's true. And this was at the height of Bowie. He would have just done Modern Love and, and all that. Right. Yeah, that would have been right. Uh, so, Justine, I'm sorry, we interrupt you as we always do. Uh, we like to interrupt you, of course. Uh, we let every other one, we let everyone else go un- unchecked, but you, for some reason, we find the need to interrupt you, and I think it's because we're sexist here. And um, as you can tell for, from our love of Bond movies, and I apologize for that. I guess I hated it ever since I saw the first stunt but double guy, the stunt guy, <laughs> which happened pretty fast and pretty early. It's just like... Anyone watching it wouldn't believe it. Right. There's a point where he does this little roll in the house, and you're like, he, he can't, can't tumble. He doesn't know how to tumble. He wouldn't be able to get back up again. It'd take him like 20 But Justine, minutes. you have to you have to understand. This is the golden era of stuntmen. Hollywood did not. I mean, all these productions. They had so much money tied up in these movies. They weren't going to let their guys do a lot of stunts. That's just the way it worked back then. Now stars have a little bit more freedom. But and you they- watch it and everyone sees it and they're like, yeah, he can't do that. Right. <laughs> and then there's like when he's, um, I was asking Patrick about it. I'm like, can he take the air from the tire? And Patrick said he might have seen it on. Um, I think I saw it on Mythbusters. Yeah. Did it work? Yeah. I don't remember. I'll have to do some research. Google it. They I was wondering died. too. Yeah. Yeah. I was wondering, could you do that? Could you get enough air from a tire to to live underwater? Because mm. I know for sure they did the half car thing, and they knew it didn't work with the front wheel. You know, you know what I did appreciate though is that someone died from a butterfly. 
just thought <laughs> you, just thought everyone should know that. You're like, see, they are deadly. Me, see. Uh, according on myth on MythBusters, he was not able to get enough air to to stay to breathe mm. and had to have an emergency tank. Ah, thank. You. Well, how about that? Well, it's only a movie. You've been promoted to assistant <laughs> researcher, Mario. Justine, tell me about this butterfly. You were did you feel vindicated that the butterfly killed someone? Is that what it was? First, the butterflies happened. I was like, this is the stupidest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> It's French. And then I'm like, then I'm like, oh, James Bond sees the killer and he just lets her stand there and keep playing with her butterfly. Yeah. That sounded dirty. And then, (laughs) and then she just takes it and kills the guy. I was like, bravo. Bravo. (laughs) That is, uh, um, I don't know if I have anything else to say about the movie. It's all ridiculous. Um, I think the worst part for me was why a fire truck? You had so many choices there, and you went for a fire truck. Mm-hmm. I freaking why? hate this movie. Yeah, it's a, it's a I just I hated it. It was it's a stupid decision. It's the whole part there is dumb. We had the car chase in this and the lost movie. Like I don't <laughs> understand. I know. I, hated I it. thought. I thought, is this like an Abbott and Costello movie? Why are they on a fire engine with the ladder out like that? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, there's good. good, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was waiting for him to go. Yeah, there's a lot of good stuff. There's good stuff in this. You know, I I think I think Grace Jones and and Christopher Walken elevate it. I think they make it better than it than it should be. Um, But I do like a lot of Roger Moore's performance here. And I think a lot of it does rely on the fact that he is older, so he has to rely. I like the Roger Moore quips. I like the the raised eyebrow. I, Roger Moore does that the best. I love all that. He can deliver bad lines uh, to the to the point where they're amusing. He can deliver them well enough that they're amusing. He amuses me. Long. Yeah, I think that I love him in that element. What where but where Roger Moore always falls short is in the physicality. I never like Justin says. I never buy. Roger Moore as like a guy who would punch someone in the face. A karate chop, a kick, a sword out of a cane. Yes, all those things. But uh, picking up something, picking up something that he dropped, just it's not feasible. Yeah, <laughs> fast and, it's not. You know, it's not gonna happen. Quick turns. That's a stunt guy. <laughs> yeah. Now, if he How was a man that? with a cane that had a grabber at the end of the cane, I think that would make. Him How old was? Let's find out. How old was Roger Moore when he made this movie? He was not as old as you guys are making. Old. He was in his fifties. I think he was sixty. When they make, I think he was sixty. You know what? I'll give him though. He has a good body for his age, and it was better than Sean Connery's. I think Sean Connery is just a big boy. I think he's just a big. <laughs> Oh, he's a, he is a big, he is a big, he's a big boy. He's a big boy. He's a big boy. Uh, I think somebody can somebody look that up. I think he was like almost sixty when he made View to a Kill. So he was. It was. He, he that, was born in nineteen twenty-seven. It was shot in eighty-five. So he was fifty-eight. Fifty-eight. Yeah. Too old. Too old. And, uh, John, how old? It's funny because. Uh, Connery said around this time, 
or maybe like after this came out, he says, you know, he says, okay, Roger's too old to be playing James Bond. And he says, and I'm too old to be playing James Bond. He said, James Bond should be like 32, 33. So we're both too old to be playing James Bond, yeah. you know, but mm-hmm. they keep coming after us with a checkbook. They want, they want us, you know? Yeah. And then they went younger with, they got a Timothy Dalton type and that was, that worked out really well. And fortunately that did not. Give me a Timothy Dalton type. Yeah. How, how about Timothy Dalton? Uh, yeah, he was born in twenty. How, how about Pierce Brosnan? I had an issue with the girl because I was just I was telling Patrick. I'm like, they went for her just for her looks because she just can't act. Right. Nope. They right. do that a lot. What What had she done? I think she'd done Sheena of the Jungle. <laughs> was I think the only I, thing she'd done before? I this. hated her whole scene with the the vase, the vase. <laughs> she goes, oh hell. Oh bloody hell! <laughs> yeah, they always. I like when I like when British people write for Americans. It's never quite right. We're just gonna let this play out. Sorry about that, <laughs> I, John. You are. I, I turn off. I turn off every device, so I think. And there's always a phone that's plugged in. Come on, John. You got to disconnect the phone box that's right outside of her room. John, she was. <laughs> You know what's funny is initially he does the gallant thing. He's thinking she's twenty five, I'm sixty, so he just like pulls the covers up and go leaves and sleeps on the couch. Then at the end of the movie, he's all, "Ah, eh, fuck it." <laughs> he's like, "Here I am in the shower, you know, scrubbing her back." Oh, what the hell? You yeah, loofing her stretch yeah, marks. Yeah, he gave that other girl ice cream. He didn't give her ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> Asshole. Uh, Asshole. John, she was some ice cream. John, she was also in the Beastmaster, the Beastmaster. Oh, is that right? Mm-hmm. So there you go. And of course, yeah. So I don't know. I probably the last thing she did was that seventies show. Yeah. Well, we we miss her. Uh, R.I.P. Uh, Tanya Roberts. I always kind of balk when it's an American Bond girl. It never feels right to me. I just feel like I'm. I'm part you don't of, like Halle Berry. Oh, Halle, that's different. That's different. Because she's smoking hot. Because she's Halle Berry, yeah. No, there have been a couple of Americans who can kind of stand toe-to-toe, but... Well, you know you know who was the first American Bond girl was Jill St. John. Yeah, so it took him to 72 to do it. No, oh, that's right. Whoa, hello. Uh, yeah, man. Okay, let's rank a view to a kill. Let's talk about it, guys. Talk about it. View to a kill. John, where are you giving view to a kill? I give it a five. It wasn't as bad as I remembered it. Yeah, five. Five's, five's perfect. Justine? I give it a two. A two. All right. A two. Jake. A two. Bless you. Gesundheit. Oh, give it a four. A four, even though you didn't like it that much. Mm-mm. Give it a four. No, well, I liked it more than Diamonds Are Forever. Oh, see, you put anything move. You put anything against Diamonds Are Forever, it's gonna come out smelling like roses. Patrick. Cinco. <laughs> Five. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go five. I'm gonna go five for View to a Kill. Uh, I'm telling you, Walken and uh, Chris and Grace Jones. Thumbs up. I do like Winky Roger Moore. I like Winky Roger Moore. Just don't do anything, Roger. Just stand now, there. And, can't you imagine Mr. Kid and Mr. Wink in this movie? I can't imagine. Yes. Them. Yes. Perfect. That'd be fantastic. Heck, you could put Bambi and Thumper in here too. Fuck it, right? They'd probably fit. They'd you know what? Um, them all in here. Somebody, somebody wrote about uh, Diamonds Are Forever that it's the beginning of a lot of things that you would see a lot of in the Roger Moore movies. A lot of dopey, goofy stuff. 
Yes. Even like him riding in that moon buggy. They say you're starting to see things that you'll see a lot more of when Roger Moore takes over. Yeah. So, they get more cartoony. It's almost like they're, yeah, they're already getting ready for it, you know? This is the cartoon era of the Bonds. Yeah. And it ends with a view to a kill. We kind of got an opening and a closing on that chapter. The pigeon double take era. Uh, this is a goodbye to Connery and more as far as these James Bond movies go. Yeah. Justine's only got, I think Justine's only got eight more of these to go. Now we wait for the rock. Eight more to go. Eight more to go. Not much. Why? <laughs> Only 16 more hours of your life of James Bond. Life. You got Pierce Brosnan and then you got uh, Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig's where it picks back up. And if we're lucky, you're Delbra. Man, drink like that. He's going to die. When? When? Guys, next week, we're going to be reviewing two Hollywood classics. We're going to be reviewing uh, the 1939 classic, Gunga Dean, starring Cary Grant. I thought it was 1938. 1939. Based off a poem. By Rudyard Kipling. 1939. Mm-hmm. Dun, 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 dun. All right. That was, yeah. We're gonna, and then we're going to do uh, another movie from 1940. Road to Singapore. Well, we're doing Road to Singapore next week. Thank you. Thank you, Justine. Thank you. That's why she's in charge. Yep. You want to go beyond that? Where are we? What's after that? The week after that is Sullivan's Travels, I believe. Yes. Yeah, Sullivan's Travels. Mm-hmm. And the Maltese Falcon. Oh, Humphrey Bogart. Gunga Dean and, and Maltese Falcon. Me. Wow. That is the movie that made him a star. Yes. He smiles mm-hmm. constantly from ear to ear. Throughout the whole production. I'm excited. Uh, kind of sneers, kind of smirks and sneers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're going to love this it. This is where he got his weird, awkward smile. Let me ask you a question. What are you birds sucking around for? <laughs> I love it. A time where you could call somebody a bird. Mm-hmm. You call a guy a bird. <laughs> what, are you birds, what are you birds sucking around for? You got brains, you have. Oh, I'll say, huh? It's the stuff dreams are made of. Cindy Greenstreet, mm-hmm. Peter Laurie, and Elisha Cook Jr. You're going to love this. You're going to love it, Justine. Or? Mm. Justine, we're going to get to some movies you like, okay, eventually. Someday Roman Holiday. When I'm yeah. feeling... Yeah, Ro- we're going to love Valentine's Week, I'll tell you that. We got It's Rom-Com Central. Yeah. Ooh. You'll love it, Jake. Roman holidays basically the basically the fifties version of Five Hundred Days of Summer. Uh, you assume I like that movie. I know you do because you have a crush on Zoe Deschanel because she can mm-hmm. sing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is that true? The thing about Zoe Deschanel is that she's, she's the boring? same. She's the same in her roles as she is in real life, and I'm like, oh. that's why her role. That's why her role in Elf. Is so amazing because she's not acting like herself. I'm like, wow, it's like a version of Zoe Deschanel that's compelling. Who's that? Uh, that's that's not that's not fun and cricky and <laughs> yeah, adorkable. Adorkable. Uh, mm-hmm. Yes, we're talking about your man Zoe Deschanel there, John. What's that? More than one, more than one flavor, please. Thank you. Yep, yep, yep. That's why I'm telling you when you watch. 
Elf, it's an anomaly because you're like, I've never seen her behave this way in any other movie. You know, I, that's like her first big movie, I think. And yeah, I fell in love with her. And then you see that TV show. What is it? The New Girl or whatever it's called. Mm-hmm. And you just go, God, this is so annoying. <laughs> <laughs> The best thing about what the new, that the best thing about the yeah. new girl is all the other all the 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 side characters are 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 better. It's like Community. Yeah, the side characters are better, or like uh, yeah. pa- Parks and Rec, or uh, you know name name some shows where the side characters are better than the main characters. Barney Miller. Oh, that's kind of you're kind of right there, John. Think he's like the straight man for like eight other guys. You know? no. <laughs> it's like, Night Court, Dave. Night Court. Yeah, that's right. John Larroquette kind of steals it. Oh, so good. Dan so Fielding. Good. Oh, so good. Uh, I wish they remember when he had his own show where he's working at a bus station. What was the name of that? Was that just the John? It was Larroquette the John Larroquette show. show? Yeah, yeah. God, I wish they'd rerun those. So funny. He's good. He was good. All right, everybody. We're, I'm feeling the energy start to lag. I think James Bond took a lot out of us, and uh, let's so let's mm-hmm. let's let's cut our losses, and we'll get our diamonds up on that satellite. How are we going to get that satellite down? Or how are we going to get those diamonds oh, down? Oh. Yeah, I was waiting for somebody to go. Oh, but um, bump, but um, bump, rock. And they both went. All right. Justine, what's been your favorite Bond movie so far? She's gone. <laughs> oh, Justine left. Oh, Jake yeah. gone. There she goes. Jake, what was your favorite? What Bond's my favorite? Yep. From Russia with Love. All right, John. Oh, that's always my favorite from Russia with Love. Patrick. It'll always end with a golden gun. You can't take it away from me. Ugh. Justine, what was your favorite Bond so far? Justine, what was your favorite Bond so far? Powers. Huh? Austin Powers. Oh, okay. All right. Austin Powers. Yeah. Okay. Right, so get ready for next week. Hopefully, we'll still have a Republic, and we'll be here next week with you. And uh, by next week, we should have a new president. And, uh, you know. Uh, oh, that's right. That's Inauguration Day, isn't it? Yes. So we might be a little bit late that day. Yeah. But, if the country still exists and people aren't, you know, shooting each other. Yeah. Let's hopefully, hopefully, let's pray for a, for a peaceful transition and uh, for people to come to their senses and realize. If they're smart, they'll do the whole ceremony in a bunker somewhere. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Maybe uh, Willard White's uh, Palm Springs house out in the... <laughs> With Bambi and Thumper. With a room under the pool. Hmm. Mm. Crazy. Mm-hmm. Crazy man, crazy. All right, guys. So for John, for Jake, for Justine, for Patrick, we will join you next week. Until then, please. In a new America. In a, uh, let's hope. Until then, guys, please. Uh, that's the last time I'm going to say it, probably. Fight the power. This transmission ends now. <laughs>